Well, let me tell you something. This is going to be the best podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 20 of the Second Floor Podcast. This is where we talk about how to survive, how to thrive, and keep the good vibes going. I'm your co-host, Kenny B. I'm with my boy, Omid, and we have a very special guest to bring you today. We have the one and only Sean Canungo. He, to me, is like the Tony Robbins of disrupting technologies. He has been featured on the top 40 under 40 on Avenue Magazine. He as well has been on Inc.'s Top 100 Influential Leadership Speakers. He has also been featured on Forbes magazine from the talks that he's done, such as TED Talks and multiple other live talks that he's done on air, as well as live performances. I am very excited to have Sean today talk about his experiences at Deloitte over the 12 years that he's been there, and then talk about the transition that he's made from creating an being the CEO of his own company, Silver. Sean is currently dealing with disrupting technologies all the way through from the beginning conceptual stage to seeing how he can improve businesses and make them far better than how they're performing now. As you guys know, it's 2019 and we're living in an era where there's no better time to disrupt technology. And we are sitting with the expert, born and raised in Edmonton, and he's ready to talk about what it's like to be on the Who podcast. is this guy? Wow! <laughs> My man! You How see that? Listen, man, I'm just gonna leave right now. <laughs> <laughs> Holy man, this guy went on for 45 seconds. I'm just oh, gonna man. this listen, I'm gonna take that clip and I'm gonna like just I'm gonna I'm just gonna like put that as the intro to all my talks. Oh, that was amazing. No, listen. Thank you. Just to start it off, that was an amazing intro. Thank you so much. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here today. You know, second floor podcast. It's blowing up everywhere. And so before we get into it, I just want to say to the you know the people in the audience, you gotta subscribe. Go to iTunes. Subscribe. Rate and review. Also on uh, on YouTube. You know, hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Where else? Oh man, that's thank you. First of all, you gotta do that to start. And then, okay, so let me just well, let, let me just get out of the way because I've been I've been following the podcast for the last you know couple months. I've been really loving the content. I want to ask you guys who has been the best podcast host so far, or just like the guest, the best best okay, podcast yeah, yeah, guest. Wow. Ooh, there you go. I feel like we're getting interviewed yeah. now. Hey, this is <laughs> yeah. awesome. This is what happens when you have Sean in the building. Yeah, that's true. Well, do you wanna do you wanna answer that? The best. Uh... I don't know. I think we've had a lot of good guests. You know what? If, if there's one person that comes to mind, honestly, who I feel like really took it home, yeah, it was Mark. Okay. To be very honest, okay. I, I Mark Komar, he's okay. actually somebody who's a human um, sports psychology consultant, right? And this is an individual who's Mark like Hanny, right? He's a human no. textbook. Mark Komar. So Mark Komar, yeah. Oh, okay, so okay. he's actually located right at Pivotal Physio and okay, okay. Um, Arc, which is an athletic recovery yeah. center, uh, located right in Evolve Strength Gym yeah. downtown. And I actually like I visit this guy at least two times a month, and especially as an athlete, when he gets you game ready mentally, yeah, that's half the battle. So he was good. All amazing. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. This is going to be the best podcast ever. <laughs> it's going yes, to get the best ratings. Yeah. And I love the other podcasts. I think all the other podcasts have been good. Thank I you. think my favorite podcast so far has been, um, 
I think it was the uh, the prof from Grant McEwen. He was pretty. Yeah, he was kind. He was on fire. Yeah, he was on fire. Yeah. Um, you uh, you know Raj Raj Dillon. Raj Dillon. Yeah. He's like he's like the pinnacle of success. Like to yeah, me, yeah. like that guy, he is um, like he is just so he's just so with it. Yeah. Like he has everything figured out. That's very true. So you know, to me, he's like just like listening and dissecting. Yeah. Like he's not the most energetic guy. But you know him like just him dissecting his day yeah. and yeah. and talking about Everything. what's important to him. And that was that to me was important. But this, I, who cares about Raj? Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be the best one, and I'm excited to talk to you guys because you guys are. I feel like you know you guys are you know the next generation. Thank you. I'm old. You know I'm old now. I have a dad bod. I, 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 I have a kid. I'm gonna have another kid. So to me, you guys are the come up. Right, yeah. and um, not that I've, I've made it by any means. Like I'm still coming up too, but you guys are from another generation where you're seeing things in a completely different light than I did. Right, like I I didn't grow up with you know social media at my fingertips. I didn't I didn't grow up with all the tools and technologies um, accessible and building things. You know, f- you know building building up companies. Yeah. Um, you know from the ground up, and now I'm now I'm doing that. Yeah. But I didn't have that experience, so. It's it's just I love to hear your guys' experiences. Also talk about brown culture, you yeah. know, side hustles. Absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah. It's gonna be the best <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you heard it on the second floor podcast. Thank you so much, Sean. Nice That's man. awesome. Yeah. See, I, I find like it's crazy because I know you're not used to this. Yeah. Finding somebody who's a guest who has more energy than me. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm true. blown away That's right true. now. That's like, right. I have to take That's a back. That's seat. true. That's right? true. That's pretty neat. Well, you know what, Sean? After after we gave like a brief introduction of me reading your bio on your website like yeah. twenty times over, so I understand. That is good. How about <laughs> you kind of pick 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 apart everything in between the lines and, and give us like a quick synopsis um, outside of everything that I said for maybe the people out there who are listening to this who haven't had the chance to see greatness from Sean and Kanungo and yeah. know about you and maybe just sharing a st- your story a little bit and where you're at in life right now. Yeah, yeah, I you know it's it's funny like I I. Um, my story is actually relatively linear. It's funny. I was like, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and um, he's a young sort of brown guy, uh, just like you. And he's like, man, like I'm just thinking about like my future, and I don't want to be like you know mid thirties having two kids, living out in Windermere. And I'm like, oh shit, that's me, man. <laughs> uh, uh, that's um, me. No, my, my my story was, you know, it's been relatively linear, but there was there was moments in my life that really. Um, uh, propelled me. So I started my career um, at a company called Singapore Press Holdings in early t- in 2005, 2004, 2005. Um, you know, working in the, on the media side there. Then I started at Deloitte. Um, you know, I started in accounting at Deloitte. Yeah. Uh, I transferred out of accounting, got into management consulting. Um, uh, while I was in management consulting for about, so I was at Deloitte for 12 years. I, w- I was in management consulting for about nine, nine, ten years. Um, in between there, you know, we started a creative film group. We started uh, building consumer-based apps, like building our own um, iPhone apps when mm-hmm. people actually downloaded um, iPhone apps and Android apps. And then, um, uh, you know, I left Deloitte about last year. A uh, couple things happening, like I was speaking a lot. I was doing keynotes everywhere around the world. And that was like, sh- like really popping off. I need to take advantage of that opportunity. And also, I was in the innovation space. I was helping organizations ramp innovation. And I wanted the opportunity to actually 
innovate on my own, like build something or or help organizations take some equity out of them. So we started another group called Cleated Rookwear, trying to take some equity out of some organizations. And I really wanted to um, help organizations scale and, and see that for myself. Like we'd help organizations with strategy and then we'd leave and then we'd go to another company. Um, for me, I wanted the opportunity to actually like get my hands dirty yeah. and have the opportunity to do that. And I think, you know, amongst all that, like I think, you know, I'm, I'm a father of one going on two, you know, been married with my wife for about nine, 10 years. So there's a lot of pieces of my life that are very linear. And, but there's pieces of my life that are, um, I guess, exponential in the sense that, you know, starting this app company, you know, learning how to do video and cut and edit and produce video. Um, that's been a game changer for me. The, the ability to speak and, 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 and learn how to do that and, and do that on, on a massive scale. Um, so all these, uh, there's all these things that happened during my life. And the, the big catalyst for me really was uh, my father. He passed away when I was, um, he was passed away in 2008. So, um, you know, I was still kind of in, I was still, I was finishing up university. I, before that, I was kind of, I, I was sort of floating as a, I, I was playing hockey. I, you know, I was going out with friends. That was the real catalyst because now I had to take over a business. I had to, I had to, uh, you know, take care of my family. And so at that point, that was like the light bulb because literally he was a tax accountant. He had like 200 clients. Wow. And the day that he died, um, he, he died in April. So like in, in Canada, you know, April, the end of April is tax season. So yeah. I had to literally go into the office the day after he died, just like doing tax returns and like, I didn't even know how to do tax returns. Yeah. So anyways, it was a very pivotal moment in my life where I was like, holy shit, life is short. And, um, you know, till that day, like I never stopped like hustling and trying to get things that I'm passionate about. And, um, you know, that's how I live my life. And, and, um, yeah, now I'm doing things that I'm truly passionate about. I'm loving. And, um, yeah, it's been, I guess that's the quick sort of backstory. Wow. Wow. Lost to unpack there, but yeah. 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 That's incredible. So do you find that? When, when this happened with your family and you needed to take that step in the next day, like literally, that's crazy. Did you feel like you needed to just be that much quicker to decide what you want to do with your life? And what I mean by that is like, take this into consideration. Let's say you look at a family and the parents are doing well, they're working hard and the, the kid starts getting older, he's in his 20s, he's still trying to figure it out, but that motivation isn't there because something astronomical hasn't happened yet. So he, he, he waits. Or she waits, and they're just they're just kind of they're hanging out. They're cruising. They're going at a much slower pace than when, let's say, you know, God forbid, something very bad happens, such as in your case, or or maybe just they wake up, and now there's this urgency. Yeah. To like get something done, do you feel like like there needs to have something like that detrimental happen for somebody to like wake up? Well, and you know, I never thought about it like that. You know, I, I'm hoping that this podcast is that moment, but uh, that people, somebody goes off and says, oh my God, I got to do something with my life. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think the greatest, um, the, the greatest, uh, just uh, for somebody to overcome um, a tremendous obstacle or a tremendous tragedy, um, that's when you can, sh- you can really see how somebody will, uh, really succeed, right? And it's when when you're literally in like the the, the trough of, of despair, where you're like, okay, like I, how are you going to get out of this? Yeah. And I think I think um, um, 
human human beings are very resilient and those moments are actually very important if you actually look at many entrepreneurs many success successful people it all comes from this moment of like they had a bad childhood they went through a bad divorce yeah. they had a bad retirement they, or the, a, a bad founder like they they went bankrupt something happened yeah. and th- that really was the catalyst for them Loss. for for uh, you know really succeeding later so I don't think you need it, yeah. um, but it, it certainly does. It does help. I mean, this is like anything else. Like, uh, just just like the economy as well. You know, the best times to innovate is when there's chaos, when there's terror, when people want change. You've, we've seen this throughout history. Um, in, uh, Vienna of the 1900s, the Renaissance, ancient Athens, Hong's dynasty, Shangzhu, uh, like. All these eras, all these times were marked by chaos and terror and yeah. change. And because of that, you had all this innovation that happened. And so um, it, it, I think seeing some of those tragedies, tragedies seeing um, you know, maybe there's a loss in somebody's life, maybe there's something bad that happened in somebody's life, I think it's always uh, it's actually always good to think about, okay, so what, what is the good that comes out of this? How can we climb back up? And yeah. this has been the story of human beings throughout history. Like, we've always done this. So um, it actually does help. I mean, this is why some people, they will create war. Like, uh, 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 countries have created war yeah. uh, deliberately in order to spur their country's uh, growth. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. Mm-hmm. But we've seen it. It's insane when you look at it like that, hey. Yeah. Because I, I can't help but look at it in that same light where it almost becomes your intrinsic motivation. Right, where you you fuel off of that, whether it's that hate or that pain or or, or that heartbreak or or that feeling of loss, yeah. it's gonna make or break you. Yeah. Right. And but did you, did you guys have anything like that? I you know whether in school or or you know in whether it was you know when you from your athletic endeavors or you know from from rapping or anything like that. Like was there was there anything that came out from you? Well, well, I guess if we're going for, for me, I, there were a couple things, uh, a girl that I really liked. Okay. Yeah. You know, that will do that. That went into the shits. Uh, not disappointing my parents is a huge thing, you know, coming from a Brown family, yeah. high expectations. Uh, I did a lot of soul searching during my undergrad because I wasn't doing well in my, in my, in my degree. So trying to always think and always, always, I kind of spend a lot of time in the basement, as they would say, and trying to figure out, okay, what can I do on my spare time and my free time that I really, really like that I could see as a potential career and, and try to polish my skills. So I would sit, I would sit after studying and I would edit videos all day. Yeah. I would uh, sit and write poetry, uh, which turned into rap. Uh, I would go have hundreds of coffees with random directors and producers and actors at Tim Hortons and I don't know these people and they're to me there was like a really weird world that I just wanted to understand and figure out okay is there something here because Edmonton isn't a big uh, film uh, space yeah you know and then trying to figure out for myself but the biggest motivation was I wasn't good enough for a person that I really liked Uh, and then as well as I saw my cousins coming up and I saw people around me that are just killing it in their own respective life. And I feel like everyone was just on 120 on the left lane on, yeah, on, yeah. on the Henday, yeah. you know? And I felt like, man, like, what am I doing? Yeah. You know? And so I had to 
that would, for me, that's always been that intrinsic. Like, I got to go, go, go. And you also had time because you were not with her anymore. Correct. <laughs> you could be in the basement now. Correct. Correct. No, that's, that, no yeah. that, that, that makes a lot of sense. What, yeah. what about you, you? Yeah, well, for me, Sean, really, it's, it's just seeing what my parents went through, you know? Like, just the classic story of them immigrating over to Canada and seeing how hard they worked. You know, like, when, when my parents got married shortly uh, beforehand, they had an arranged marriage. Shortly beforehand, my dad was in a very heavy car accident, and it was a motorcycle accident. Okay. And from that point forward, my dad was never able to walk to this day. Uh, sorry, he can walk, but he, he can't run. So, so he, uh, he just limps on his leg. His, his ankle uh, can't move. It's, it's yeah. tight like this. Yet, when he had my brother, when he had uh, myself, especially when he had my brother, who's four years older than me, uh, they lived in an apartment with no furniture in it. He was driving taxi 16 hours a day while his foot's bleeding every day wow. from multiple surgeries he had to go through, you know? And that was something where he knew, like, he has this kid, he has mouths to feed. My mom was working three jobs, yeah. three part-time jobs to just get different income coming in the way, right? And from there, they had me. My mom and dad said, we don't want to live like this anymore. We came to Canada for, for a purpose. We came here for a reason of having freedom. Yeah. You know, what the hell are we doing? And that's when my mom and dad decided to uh, team up as business partners, have my dad, you know, operate on what he does best is connecting with people, making connections, handling uh, that side of the business. While my mom handled really like the expertise of what it's like to run a beauty clinic. And she went and got her business diploma. She also went to California and did her certification as a laser technician. Wow. So she was actually one of the first adopters of uh, laser hair removal in the city of No way. Yeah. Okay. And it was great because then when technology really wasn't um, so advanced as it is now, yeah. it was very easy through word of mouth and through, through all these different ways to like get your business recognized. So she won the Consumer uh, Choice Award like two to three years in a row. Uh, that was at the time between like 2006, 2008, around that time. Yeah. She opened up her business. She franchised it with my dad. They had three running at a time and, and things were going great. Like they flipped that coin, 180 yeah. degrees. So your mom was the boss. Oh yeah, my mom, <laughs> honestly, like I, I'm raised by a yeah. fierce, dominant, like yeah. amazing mother who honestly, like she, she, she has the pants, man. Yeah. And, and she kills it and she's amazing at what she does. Yeah. And I got to see what that was like having my, both my parents still work hard to this day, still together and, and just going through a lot of those difficulties that came along the way. Yeah. Right. There was, there was never a single paycheck my mom cut for herself. She just wanted to see her kids happy. She wanted to see that her and my dad spoiled the rotten shit out of us. Yeah. And growing up as a kid, I got older and older and I went into business school and I, I just took that bird's eye view perspective and I was like, if my mom and dad came here at 23 and had a kid and I'm that age now and they did what they had done in the past, let's say just under 30 years and I'm here blessed, blessed. Like I'm not even talking about what they went through even back home. Yeah. Right? Like they, they made moves coming into a brand new country. And if I don't double, if I don't at least double or triple what they've done here, then that's that's my like that's the demons in my head. Yeah. That go, Oh well, you're a failure. Well what are you doing? And I think that's part of the reason why Sean with me, I stay so busy and I do all these things and, and I'm trying to make something out of my life because I see what my parents have done and I wanna, I wanna yeah. you know, multiply that. You know, you know it, it's, it's funny because I, I had the same mindset too. I'm like, oh, you know, my parents and, you know, your parents, everyone moved down to, to Canada to make a better life for themselves. And, you know, you're, my, my parents were not as sort of ambitious. My, my dad, he had his own firm. 
uh, I, I don't think he was as he was hungry, but he wasn't. I, it doesn't sound like it was as hungry as your family was, but you know they just wanted like us to be really safe, right? So you know, I've 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 thought about this idea, like oh man, like they came down here, they made a big risk so that we could have an amazing life. Like I gotta go out and kill it, I gotta crush it, I gotta do all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you kind of sit back and uh, you know I I do want to do that, but I also um, I also want to have like a, I, I look at my kids and I'm like, I don't want them to all, like, I, I want them to do well, Yeah. but I'm like, I don't want them to f- kill themselves trying yeah. to crush it. So, so it, it's weird. Like I had that mindset just like you did, but right when I had kids, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, is this what life is all about? Yeah. Like, is this what we're here to do? Um, and, um, you know, it's having a kid has really uh, flipped my mindset around what success really is yeah. because I had the mindset of like I'm hungry I want to kill everything yeah, I want to yeah. eat everything <laughs> and then when you have a kid you, you, you sort of you, you, you kind of get a bit of better perspective of yeah. life you know it's funny you, you, you had one of the you know you had Raj Dillon on your podcast um, like to me that guy is like to me he's the epitome of success to me Yeah. you know I look at a guy like Bezos or Zuckerberg or all these guys that people you know they fancy to me to be honest with you um, somebody who has you know amazing amazing fitness, health, well-being, family, kids. Like, he's got everything, man. He's got got the balance. The balance. Holy man. Like, you talk to him, he's got it together. To me, that is success. And I'm like, uh, you know, I... I, So, like, I'm just... Yeah, I'm just shifting in terms of what I think success is... is, It it really is. And to me, it's always been about... And now I've sort of shifted my... Uh, definition of success to just do things that I'm like really passionate about and I really love and kill it in those areas yeah. and 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 actually to me the greatest pleasure in life is to um, get other people connected to other to things that they're passionate about so the team the guys on my team that are working for me it's like okay so what are you passionate about which space do you want to play in yeah. how do you want to grow this company um, you know, even at Deloitte, like people working for me, like, I was like, so what do you want to do? Where, what are you passionate about? And just connecting That's those things like that, that, that is important to me. And that is something that my parents actually didn't teach me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about you. I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on this because my parents, they sort of ingrained this belief that just like to, and to, to, to this day, my, my mother still says the same thing. It's like, Sean, why are you doing why are you traveling so much? Why are you doing all this? Why can't you just... <laughs> so yeah, that you got both yeah, of yeah, why, yeah, why can't you just like, take, you know, just do take it easy. Take, take it, it easy, easy, right? It's like, mom, I'm doing something that I love and that I'm passionate about. Yeah. And it, it seems, it, it's odd that she doesn't, she still doesn't get it. Although she is happy for me. She, she loves seeing all my achievements and successes, but she still doesn't get it. And, I, and I'm interested in you guys because you guys are all doing some, you, you guys are both doing things that are wildly different from probably what your parents wanted you to do. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, traditionally, if you're brown, you've got to be a doctor, engineer, accountant, lawyer, right? You know, you're, you, know you're, 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 you guys are both in marketing. You know, you're an athlete. You're, you know, you're doing, uh, you know, video and, and, and music. And this is wildly different from what a traditional... Indian parent would you want you to do so did you guys get a lot of push do you still get a lot of pushback from your parents today or they're like go do your thing kill it like (laughs) I'm interested I don't see many old uh, parents being okay with it they're uh, let's say they're adjusting to it 
Uh, I think now it, it's I've been a, a couple years into into doing video into doing the music stuff. So when I first started, it was even with friends and family it was just like, what you're rapping? What are you, why are you picking up a camera? Like you should be picking up your books. Like why are you not in the library? Why are you playing around? Why are you on the computer editing videos of of yourself? or of other people like you should be this isn't a career this is just a hobby they said my that. dad would always wow. say actually it would come home every single day and my dad would always say oh, so you're working on your hobby today right like you should be working on your career and he would always say that and oh. it, it just it stung me because it was like i saw the potential i could see potential in this um look and what and yeah. see how wild it is your yeah. fucking hobby is your career. Yeah. I know, and it's, it's weird. Cool. <laughs> it's weird to. It's weird because my dad still doesn't see it. Yeah, he doesn't understand it. Like he just thinks it's like, oh, he's just doing it for a period of time. Yeah, it's just a period he's going through. Oh. It's okay. He's young. He'll get back. Like I'm supposed to be in optometry school right now. <laughs> I'm supposed to be there right now. But he's like, it's okay. He's working for a year. Yeah. <laughs> he's taking a break. He's taking a break. He's making crazy. money. You're like, Dad, I'm not going back. Like, <laughs> yeah. <is it?" laughs> so, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. interesting. What, what you? Well, you know what I always like to say? My parents are like the yin and yang, right? Of parenthood, in a sense. And it's amazing how much that's balanced out. Because um, I go to my mom for advice. I go to my dad for advice. It's the complete opposite. Yeah. Especially growing up. Now it's starting to like really come to like a collective decision. But, uh, for instance, my dad. He's more laid back, relaxed. And he's like, but you know what? God will tell you everything. <laughs> like, like, like he's like like so I'm, I'm worried I'm trying to go for, like to advise my dad it's it's you know high importance that, that we have to talk about it I'm like dad you know like this is going on next week we need to make sure we're there and I just want your advice on how uh, I'm going to make it and, and how I'm going to present this in a proper way but no just <laughs> give me give me your paper and I'm like okay I get the paper he's like he's come up with it right just you don't need it you yeah. just need this yeah. that's it and you just need God <laughs> like my dad, he's a like he spiritual and very just relaxed, just chill. and it's worked in amazing ways in his life. And I've also seen it not work at all. Like I've also seen, like I'm like dad, we gotta like this is important. We have to plan, right? Yeah. And one of my dad's favorite quotes, and I still say it to this day, and this just summarizes him, is you can never plan to fail, and you can never fail to plan. Yeah. And that's like his motto. He always said it. He always chipped it here and there. And I, I, I just, I, I, in a way, indoctrinated that. And from my mom, oh, <laughs> something like, like a drop of this drops, oh man, bananas. Yeah. Right? Like, that's my mom. But like, that, that, that's the love she gives. She wants everything to just be in place. But, but, so, so, but, but they, didn't, they didn't tell you to like, you know, you know, follow a particular path. Like, they didn't say. Exactly. Like, with me, they kind of knew that with the crazy personality I have and how energy, like, I'm an energizer bunny, they felt like whatever I fuel it in, it'll be okay. And then, like, as yeah. you know, right? And that's where, like, collectively they've come to the terms now. And I feel like it's with age, too, right? Like, with everyone out there with your parents who are, like, in their 50s or 60s, they see you moving out of the house, they see you going out there experiencing life on your own. A part of them feels a little bit of a detachment from that, right? Yeah. So now they kind of feel like, oh, you know what, son? Just got it figured out. You are figuring it out. Yeah. Just, you know we're here and, and just live your life. Enjoy it. Because they're starting to realize how short life is. Yeah. Right? And, and that's where my mom's kind of like drilling that in my head where she's like, slow down. Because she does think I'm doing too much. So, so, right? so, tell, so tell me this because it sounds like, you know, you, 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 we sort of lived a little bit more of a similar sort of, you know, our parents sort of telling us this. Yeah. 
you know, if, if you look at other sort of folks in our community at your guys' age, um, give me the give me the state of like brown men in like Alberta. <laughs> what, what, like, where is it at? Like, where, what, what is the state? <laughs> Listen, a lot of people on your podcast, I mean, this, this is, you know, the, you know, the, the, we might lose some followers here. We might lose No, no, is that, is, is there, is there, is there, is there, is there, is there um, a lack of ambition? Is there a lack of, is there a ton of ambition? Is it, I, I want to hear this because, you know, I, I'm, I'm also, I think everybody sort of lives in a little bit of a bubble. I live in a bubble. Yeah. All of my friends are professionals. Um, you know, I'm working with big organizations. I, you know, I, I'm friends with people with kids and like, I, I live in a bubble. So I, I'm curious from like the young hustlers to, to, to understand what is the young state? Hustlers. I think the state for just from where I see it from my, from my circle, everyone's kind of in their own bubble, like you said, and they're not willing to experiment as much, right? Yeah. Like I get a lot of people when I start all these things. You know, starting this podcast. Oh man, oh man, I, I was thinking of starting a podcast too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, how many times? I swear, I got so many messages. They were thinking about it. I, I'm, I was gonna start a podcast too. I'm like, why didn't you do it? Oh, you know, this, 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 this. You know, something. Something's always in the way of starting that thing. Yeah. When I started making music. Oh man, oh I, I, I used to write rap songs. I used to. Oh, where is it? Like, why didn't you take yeah. it to that where next level? It? Why are you still in accounting? Why are you still working for an accounting firm? Like all the things that are outside what our brown perspective is, yeah. or just the perspective of the safe, st- stable job, nobody seems to be putting themselves out there or trying things and, and at least putting themselves in the limelight and failing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So everyone's kind of doing their thing, but nobody's really out, out there. And trying right. things. That's mm-hmm. in, my, in my perspective. Same thing. So I, I always talk with Omit, and I learned that both him and I, like, he will be like the borderline guy who's like, man, everyone's doing it all wrong, and and, and this and that, <laughs> this about people. Yeah. And I learned I'm the more optimist. Like, I'm more like, yeah, everyone's doing great things. <laughs> and I find it so funny how, like, we balance all that yeah. out. So yeah. I'll be that guy to, to just level set and, and agree. I do understand. There are some people I notice who are bottom of the barrel, they're, they're just waiting for their right, right moment to shine. Yeah. They're thinking it's going to come at their front doorstep. I understand that. I will stereotypically define some of the South Asian community of men who are our age who are just chilling, right? Yeah. Then I'll, I'll be frank. There's quite the very opposite. To me, I don't see an in-between. I look at someone and I'm like, man, like you're, you're up there. You're doing big things. You know, you know, your mom and dad, your family did a good thing with you. And then even when you were out there and you're finding your circle and you're finding your friends, you didn't let all that bad shit take you. Yeah. Right? So I see either like top of the top, I, I look, you know, up at them. And I'm like, look, I, I see those people who are striving to be the best person they can every single day. You know, they're reading, they're writing, they're, they're watching, they're doing everything they can to even put themselves out there. Right? Because they're hungry for it. Yeah. But then unfortunately, there's the other side where, you know, they're still either just mooching off of... <laughs> You know, they're, they're their parents' shit, yeah, or yeah. they yeah. they feel like there's just no, like, there's just nothing to be hungry for yet. Like, don't get me wrong. These people, they might have just gotten degrees. They might have just, um, just got married. They might have just starting to figure things out, but it's at a very slow stage. Yeah. Right? Or they're really cautious, right? Yeah. Cautious. First, like, they don't want to take the risk, right? No. So let's kind of look at it that way. And that's how we see it. Yeah. And so, I'm not too sure how it looks from your end. 
Uh, no, I, I think, you know, from, you know, my generation, again, like, way more traditional. Like, the, 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 there's people in, in my generation that would never think about, you know, starting a podcast. They would never, you know, go off and, you know, start rapping or, or, or you know, becoming an athlete. You know, they would never do that, right? They would stay in their lane. And, and, you know, I was hoping that, you know, as the younger generation comes up and they see, you know, that the world is endless and, you know, there's so many possibilities that yeah. they, you can do all these things that, you know, more and more people would do that. But, you know, it sounds like there's a, you know, it's it's happening, but not yeah. as much. Exactly. You know, I, you know, it's funny because, like, you know, I was... Uh, I was checking out like some of your your, your uh, some of your songs and like you got a like you, you like you have a nasty flow. I mean, you have a song oh, called Nasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. He spits, hey. Yeah. He spits. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm it is. I'm, 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 I'm a I'm a hip hop head, so yeah. you know, to me, um, like your song Nasty is is uh, is is like really great. There's a line where you're like, "I'm the brown Chris Webber." I was I was like, "My God!" That's, thank um, you, man. That, that's that means a lot, um, man. I appreciate that. Your 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 style is it's a little bit Nas ish, right? It's yeah. not like the new. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 more got the. Uh, it's kind of got like a little bit of old school vibe in it. Yeah. It's not like the designer like Migos future. It's more like that Nas. Yeah. Uh, who do you who do you like? J. Cole. J. Cole. J. Cole, okay, yeah. Uh, Logic is... is yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, that's... that's. When I got into it, I had this big fear too, right? Like That's what I was going to ask you because, was, yeah. you know, you, you, you know you're, that is, you're putting yourself out there, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, it's not a traditional thing that, you know, a brown, you know, somebody from this, air, this region does. And, yeah. and, like, for you to do it and do it so well, yeah. um, I'm, sh- I'm curious to know, like, what people say to you? Yeah, well, when I first started, it was I if I wanted to get into it, and I I always try to make sure that if I get into something, that I'm not half-assing. Yeah. And if I'm like thinking about it, and I'm gonna put myself out there, that I do it to my best, the best of my ability. So I would literally spend days in the basement trying to make sure my flow is right, every word is yeah, on point, nice. every every everything that I'm saying has some sort of a meaning. Mm. Because I had the passion. I look at Jay Cole and a guy that just raps his story a Nas raps stories yep that that feel now that was inspiring and I listened to that I'm like yo yeah. like he's 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 look at all these people that go to the concerts and just and spit every word and they're just mesmerized by this guy right yeah. so it's like I was like I want to be able to do that with words but be able to do it well so before I put myself out there at all I make sure that my flow is right so um, then when I put myself out there I had to make sure that I wasn't just like, eh, you know, like I had to be way extroverted than I am because I'm oh, not like that. Okay, I'm okay. more introverted. I'm very, I'm more like grounded. So knowing that as rap, you have to really express and really push yourself out yeah. there and really say stuff that really catches people. Did he just say that? Like, you know, so I had to really push that boundary of like, okay, now I have to be fearless. Like, I, yeah. I don't care if I look like a fool as long as I look like a fool well. Yeah. Like, if I mean what I say, I have to mean what I say. So it was a very different transition. Just once I got myself out there, it was like, man, I can take on everything. Yeah. Like, I don't care anymore. Now that I passed the first couple music videos, the first couple songs, it was like, okay, like, actually, I think I do have a good flow. I think I do have some good lyrics. Yeah, I think absolutely. I can really make a little wave here. So 
What's the rap scene in Edmonton is uh, I I don't follow it, but it, yeah. it, 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 that it, you know we, we haven't had like we haven't had the the guys that come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have to. This guy, they're, they're, we're waiting, well, we're waiting. <laughs> she needs to wait. <laughs> The problem is that people like now that rap changes into the whole mumble and more yeah. melodic producers are getting more recognition. Um, I'm trying to balance that too because I know that even with nasty, like hip hop heads will like that and appreciate that, such as yourself, such as Kenny. Yeah. But guys that are just listening to just melodic and just the beat, Got it's it. like okay, Gucci now game, I have to Gucci figure game, out yeah. how to like yeah, like okay, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's true, and so it's. There are a couple guys, I, I, I don't follow them that much, but there are guys here that do have that kind of style. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they're doing it wrong because they're, they're, a lot of them are performing. Yeah. All they're doing is performing. But when you try looking them up, they have like two songs on, on SoundCloud, maybe one music video that they posted two they don't years have ago. Like, they don't have a digital yeah. presence. So for me, I was like, yo, I got to get my marketing right. Yeah. I got to get my Instagram popping. I got to make as much content and videos like Russ. I don't know if you know yeah, Russ. Of course. But yeah. Russ is Russ, independent rapper who's selling out arenas, man. You don't know. You don't even know who he is. right? People don't people don't know him. He's not even yeah. in the mainstream, but he's making millions of dollars. It's through content. Yeah. It's through content yeah. because he says he's like, man, I drop video, songs, photos every single week. He's like around my 98th, 99th song was with that one was that hit the million. Yep, and it yep. took me off. So well, and, and and you know you you bring up you bring up Russ. This is not only happening in rap, but it's happening you know in every industry, right? Somebody that is um, you know creating their own businesses, their own empires based on audiences that they're creating. You know, one of the things I always bring up in my um, <clears throat> in my business talks, and usually when I'm speaking with audiences, they're they're normally you know leader leaders, they're you know leaders in business, leaders in industry, and one of the things I always bring up is uh, is Kylie Jenner. So I you know the thing that I always say is like, who has the best market cap or valuation per employee? Yeah. And um, they always say WeWork or Google or Uber or Facebook, and I say Kylie Jenner, and they're just like. What? And, 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 and um, you know, most people would dismiss Kylie yeah. because, you know, she's a Kardashian, whatever. She's, she's built her fame off the Kardashian empire. To me, what she has done is, is really smart. I think it's a new blueprint of a new kind of organization in this era where you guys, you have guys like Russ that can sell out stadiums. She's like building, she's, she's built sort of an exponential organization by, by just leveraging partnerships. Other people, all her warehousing and manufacturing is done by a third-party company called Sea Beauty. All her PR and finance is done by somebody else. She's basically doubled down on what she's really good at is brand. She's able to build a billion-dollar business with seven employees. So it's 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 a uh, it's this whole idea of how can I have a very small footprint but have an exponential output, mm. right? And obviously, she's been using social media in novel ways to do that. And so, you know, a guy like Russ, he doesn't he's not he doesn't have a label. He doesn't have you know he doesn't he doesn't have all these traditional methods, but he has fans. Yeah, and he can sell out arenas. Yeah, and you talk about partnerships. He's, he's partnered. He's partnered with a, uh, a he's, label, exactly. Columbia Records. There but he's go. partnered, so yeah. that's a difference. It's not like uh, artists who signed under a label who's just yeah, like yeah. essentially a puppet who gets a percentage and he 
you know. Yeah, so he's a different relationship. He, it's a different relationship. He's he's one guy partnering with many things, yeah. and he's built a, a big business. And so this is how many businesses I think startups are going to grow in this era. It's not about like I'm going to hire all these people. You know, traditionally in the industrial era, if you wanted to grow, you would you and you want to be a big company, you would hire everyone. You would hire all these people within your team. But today, um, what you can do is build unique partnerships with people and really scale from there. And I think in this era, we need to be better at like um, scaling learning and learning from others. And that's how we're going to build things that are bigger. And I love what people are doing, like Russ, like Kylie. Um, they're just doing it in a different way. And uh, you, can, you can see that in other industries too. It's interesting you say that because uh, this touches on a big point, Sean, where... I feel a lot of people get uh, misinterpreted in the definition of what self-made really means. And I'm sure you probably got asked this, you got hit with it, where people are like, oh, well, Kylie Jenner, is, is she even self-made? Did she deserve that Forbes title and then that front cover? And I kind of want to pick your brain, not really just with that, but more from a broad perspective is, what is your definition of self-made now in this generation where we do rely on partnerships and we do rely on realizing that, okay, well, if we do want to expand, and outsource our product in an exponential yeah. manner, we kind of do have to, you know, reach out to another group of people or, or, or whatever have you to make this pop off. Yeah, you know, there's only one person that has ever self-made, and that's the first, like, guy that evolved from a monkey to a human. That's the only guy, and then he created something. Because everything else throughout history is a iteration, is a remix of something else. Like, um, we as human beings have copied, pasted, stolen ideas, built technologies on top of other technologies uh, to build what we have today. Nothing is self-made. I, I hate the definition of self-made. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I, I actually ra rather remove it. Mm -hmm. Nothing is actually self-made. Self Everything that we have done throughout history is building on top of each other. Do you think Tesla is self-made? Yeah, Elon Musk? No, Tesla is built on top of a computer which is made by somebody else. And, and that was built on thousands of innovations on top of GPS and on top of all the automobiles. Like all these things had to be made in order to get a Tesla. So to me, self-made is, is we should just remove the title and just give people the do that they built a fucking great business. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Why, why do they have to be just because they're handed with something? We're all handed with something. Yeah. But be blessed that somebody has built something for someone uh, and it's making a difference. Like, I hate this definition of self-made. That's mm -hmm. very true. Do you feel like there's this, like, level of jealousy associated with that, maybe? Like, maybe people feel like, oh, well, you know, they have a billion dollars out their family and, like, they, they totally can do it on their own. Like, like yeah. that like that person. Uh, of course. I mean, in that context. Yeah. You know, there's, everyone's going to be jealous. Yeah. Everybody is going to be... Um, you know, complaining that they weren't handed the same, the same advantages that somebody else yeah. had, and this, this is part of human nature. We can't stop that. But instead of complaining and being jealous of what we don't have, sure. what you should do is help is start creating what you want, okay. right? And focusing your mindset on that. Because listen, there's gonna be there's always gonna be people that you're gonna be jealous of. Yeah, I, I remember, uh, you know, um, you know. There was a really successful. I was talking to a really successful like a business person, multi-millionaire, like doing like the most amazing things that you would ever think of, and he was like, "Oh man, like 
Richard Branson, he just got this like jet, like you know, you're always thinking, you're always you're always like thinking like somebody else will always have something more. Yeah. You'll always be more jealous. So it's like take that take that energy and just start creating things because we're all gonna die at some point anyways. Yeah. So it's like stop being so caught up in somebody else's success and start creating your own. Exactly. And then you mm-hmm. kind of flip it. You realize that someone can easily be jealous of your lifestyle. Absolutely. Or, or like, not even the word jealous, because I know there's like a negative connotation, but like just appreciative of the fact that, hey, they see you working hard, or they see whatever you're doing, and they see that everything is surrounded around that, right? And I kind of want to like take this and shift it over to maybe um, from the perspective of that maybe 21 to 23-year-old student who just graduated. And, you know, they see you, and then they see how much success you've achieved and, and everything you've done along the way. And I want to kind of know where you could go back to that side, Sean, of you saying, you know, go back to creating content and being fresh out of graduating. What advice can you give that individual um, so that maybe they feel like they're going to have that differentiator a part of them yeah. that separates them from everyone else? Because to be honest, man, like I felt that I knew it in university. That if I'm going to get a guaranteed job right out of it, if I'm going to get experience, if I'm going to want to feel wanted by a company for that experience I want to have, i got to have things going on for myself that's different totally, yeah. from a thousand other university students. Yeah. So for these guys out there and, and girls, yeah. what, what advice could, could you give them to feel game ready for, for real life? Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a really great question. I think today um, the most important thing is how can you, fe- how can you fail uh, – the light should we yeah. Yeah. we need that spotlight bro listen the light came up the light came up but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this is that um, you know you, people coming up today um, they have all the tools and technologies and partnerships at their fingertips and the people that will win in the future are not the people that will work harder necessarily but those who will learn faster uh, those who will fail faster um, those are the people that are gonna win um, and, 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 and it's not only learning faster, but it's also unlearning faster. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that we are taught within, and I, I'm still like trying to, uh, uh, remove some of those, um, the, 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 some of the mindset thinking that, I, that has been ingrained in me since my childhood within organizations, like working with leaders, they taught me that there is a certain way of doing something. I am still trying to unlearn it. So I think for the for if you're 23 years old, you just graduated, you know, you're looking for a job, or you're you're sitting in a job right now. It's like how can I fail quicker doing the things that I love? Um, I always tell people that if they're working in an organization right now, like try to get yourself fired tomorrow, which basically means like try to take a risk in your career or with your organization um, today or tomorrow. And what you'll see 99.999 and 100% of the time is that you will actually do something that will fundamentally change your trajectory in your career or the trajectory of your business by actually taking a risk. There's so many people that are strapped, they're, they're caught because they're like, fuck, what if I lose my job? What, 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 what will happen if I take this risk? It never happens. Yeah. It never happens. You, you, anytime that you do take a, a calculated risk, um, it, it always proves to be, uh, it, it, it always works out. And um, I think that's the skill set that we need to develop with, you know, w- with our younger generation is this idea of like, how can we fail quicker, 
Mm. Uh, let me tell this. Mm. I, I want to ask you. Wow. I want to ask you a question. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about millennials. I think that that discussion is like over now. Yeah? I heard too much about it. <laughs> now you got Gen. What did Gen Z? What is Gen Z? Show? Gen Z. They're right now. What, what is that? What is that time period? Um, from like twelve years old right now, roughly, or even younger, to like. 18, 18, 19, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, my little cousins who are eight, turning 18, so yeah. in high school, they're Gen Z. That They're Gen Z? Or is it a little bit older? Anyways. Is it Gen X? Is it Gen... Am I getting that one confused? No, I think it's Gen Z. Gen X is... is, is uh, Oh, yeah. Is uh, above me. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see this new era come up. You know, I, I heard a lot of things about millennials that they were lazy, entitled, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I, I, I actually don't believe that. I, I think that that 23-year-old, um, I'd say 18 to 23, 24-year-old age group is very interesting. Yeah. To me, what I'm seeing is that that age group, they actually work hard. They actually are a group that they, they see the possibilities, they see the opportunities, um, and they want it, and they work hard. But the difference is that they want, they want that end game quicker than any other generation before. I, I, I remember hiring so many people, um, you know, and, 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 and we, we'd have them in our, in, our, in our office and they'd work hard. They were brilliant. They, they, they were digital. They, were, they, 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 they did everything that we wanted them to do and they, they went above and beyond. They worked late hours. They're on, they're, they're, you know, they're on Slack. They're, 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 they're doing all this stuff. But when it comes the time, when it comes to a promotion or a, a, a salary change, they want it immediately. Yeah. It's like, listen, I, I put in all this work. Now I want my cake. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's interesting because, like, I, I'm not saying that's wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, listen, maybe you, maybe you deserve it. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm under the belief that you should get what you deserve. Yeah. But I think that what's happening today is that there is a group of people, not everyone, there's a group of people, a, a, a large group of people within that age group that they, they think that they're going to be CEO next year. It's like it doesn't work like that. Yeah. I know you've worked hard. You yeah. grinded. You worked 24-7. So has everybody else. And, and it, yeah, there's a little bit of impatience. I'm not saying it's wrong. Yeah. And, 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 and it's not deserve, but it's like there's that expectation. It's like, no, 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 no. It, it, it actually doesn't work like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so sometimes there's a gap there. That, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I saw it all the time. They, wanna, they want something immediately. Even like as an influencer or something, they're like, I posted like Instagram. I posted all these Instagram pictures. Yeah. It's not happening for yeah. my yeah. likes. So yeah. the, the thing is, is, it also, I think, has an effect when you're, when you're young. So when you're young and your parents give you everything, when you get a participation yeah, trophy, yeah, great point. you know, and you don't get that hard hitting, you know, loss, you know, cause your mom and dad don't give you any else, you know, yeah, they're just yeah, like, yeah. it's okay. You won too. Yeah. Right. So when they actually go out in the real world, their first year, uh, first year working and they're not CEO or they're not getting that 10 or $20,000 bonus, but why not? My mom told me, I'm supposed to be CEO. My right. mom told me, I, I, I was raised this way. I have to be. So then when they go into the real world and everyone else is the same way, they just can't understand it. Right? So I, I think that that partially plays a role into like going into 
you know, so getting your getting a brick wall just hit. What? I don't well, get that raise. I, I was yeah. listening to another podcast and he said that uh, this younger generation is soft. Oh, 100%. Yeah, right. <laughs> I agree. I felt threatened just hearing it. <laughs> I'm offended. Yeah, right. I'm stuck a little bit. Yeah. Just goes to show, right? Yeah. The irony. Yeah. Oh, man. No, but, but, no, I, I, you know, but I, I'm actually, I'm really bullish about uh, the, the, the younger generation. Like I said, I think they work hard. I think that, the, you know, I, I think they work hard. I think that they see the possibilities. I think people are now, they're not, they're not, they, they want to actually do things that they're passionate about. They want to work for organizations that have a mission. They, 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 they want, those are all good things. Yeah. It's just that, that there's a gap around expectations. I, I want to kind of like uh, mix this into the equation here. What I'm noticing is, um, especially from maybe friends or colleagues out there who have parents that are business owners, they kind of feel like they don't need to go that route of being an employee and working for an organization. And they feel like right off the bat, they can they can start their own business. And then what ends up happening, for the most part from what I see, is they do it. And hey, don't get me wrong. Some of them end up very successful. Others, they lose hope very fast. Right. And I'm wondering if you can kind of tie into, uh, Sean, your experience working at Deloitte, one of the big four accounting and consulting firms, and seeing how much maybe that has helped you, where you were humbled by the experience of, wow, okay, it is large, but okay, I'm right here in the organization, and I know there's going to be a whole lot of climbing out of to get up there, and, and maybe when you felt like that experience was worthwhile to start your own business. You know, it, it's, it's a really great question. Um, I think if you're starting a business today, um, you've got to be humbled. Like, it's so hard. Every industry is so competitive. Every industry is getting disrupted. Like I work with some of the best companies, the most established companies, and they have the best people, they're the smartest people working in there, and yet they're still the most vulnerable to disruption. Um, it's still hard for them to challenge the status quo. You, there's young companies coming up that are hungry. Um, it's hard for them too. They're competing with others. They're competing on a global market. Everything like it's it, it is very difficult to start a business today without having a little bit of like holy shit like why am I starting this? Yeah. I'm, th- that's not a reason to start. I actually think it's the greatest time to start yeah. something today. It's just that you just have to have a little bit of. Um, I think confidence is important, but I think you know you, you, what I learned, and maybe 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 that's not a good thing. Maybe that's one of the things that I have to unlearn. Yeah, is that. Um, yeah, it's very hard to start a business. It's very hard to sustain a business. Um, I've saw so many companies, you know, f- you know, we help them with strategies and they just fall off, wow. right? And it has nothing to do with your talent. It has nothing to do with your, uh, your, your leadership. It could be various factors. It could be like your technology is no longer relevant. It could be that your customers are no longer vibing what you're producing. Could be that, you know, there's a big company that came into your space that's now in you know, in it now in your market. Like there's yeah. so many variables. There's tons. there's tons of variables. But I think the exciting thing about starting something today and the reason why I did is um, finding I'm I'm a true believer in not doing something that's disruptive. Disruption let let me just paint this. Disruption is actually going into somebody's space and changing the status quo. It's actually taking market share from somebody else. And 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 uh, you know changing the game. Yeah. 
There's another way of looking at business around creating your own market, creating your own um, niche that nobody else owns. You know, your podcast, you guys are doing 99.999% of the people that are doing podcasts. They're just doing podcasts. They don't have a video related to it. But you guys are you you guys are creating video in a niche market and and um, doing something different. So so you so I would say that you're creating something new and a new form of content as opposed to doing something that everybody else is doing. Similar to what we were doing at Silver, um, we're we're creating a new market using artificial intelligence around language evaluation. This is a problem that no one has ever solved before. People have dabbled in it but nobody has really solved before. And to me, it was important because uh, I, want to, I want to be in a space that has no competitors. And it actually gives you a, the freedom to iterate a little bit more slowly. It, it gives you the time to think. Yeah. I think it gives you the time to um, work, build partnerships with others. And so we just, we just started this process. I'm ex- I don't know. I mean, I, who knows what's going to happen with it, right? Just like any other business that's starting today. But to me, it's like I didn't want to play in an area that is the most competitive area on the planet, and and I wanted to create a new market. So that's what we're doing with with you know in the language evaluation space. Wow. And um, yeah, we have a we have a great client uh, that and we're going to be commercializing this product. We're now going to be way more involved in the artificial intelligence ecosystem here in Edmonton. Wow. I mean, <clears throat> we are third best in the world when it comes to AI research here in Edmonton. I think. Um, you know, we just haven't had the companies that have come out of here. Yeah. Like pe- everybody says, oh, we're the third best, but there's no, what are the companies, right? Like I want to be one of those companies, right? Yeah. I want to be one of the, when they say, ah, oh, Alberta's third, Alberta has the third best uh, AI research institute in, in Canada. Great. Which companies are there? I want to be one of those companies. Yeah. And I want to create a new market so that we can, we, we can get in space. So to me, um, you know, that's my whole thing. It's like, it's like every industry is so competitive. It's like, how can you create something like a market creating innovation? Yeah. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. See, there's so many pulls there. And and when you say this, it, it leads me to ask you where, where are you? Not even that, you know what? I want to know the success story. I want to know a success story you have from this business that you have, right? Is, is with the client that you currently are dealing with and doing these certain innovations, like, is there anything you're willing to share, you know, without any confidential issues, of course, that like you felt truly uh, impactful for where you, where you yeah. made that big difference? It could be this one. It could be related to it in other circumstances, but like, I'd like to hear maybe that other side. Because I love seeing the energy and how excited it makes yeah. you. And I want to see and hear the benefit of, of uh, that, that business that ended up partnering up with you guys or utilizing your guys' services. Well, you know, the success is, uh, is still to be written. Yeah. Uh, um, basically, what happened was the Bank of Canada came to me. Uh, they're the best client that you can have because they're a financial institution. They're, um, they're government. They're, you know, they're established like it's better it's it's better than have the bank of canada than google or facebook sure. they, they they are everything you want in a client they, they are secure they're private um you know everything that you want so they came to me they, they had a problem around this language evaluation thing because i was in the voice technology space we were doing something else where we were integrating alexa and google home to existing systems 
like nothing to do with like deep machine learning, NLP, anything like that. They said, can you solve this problem around language evaluations? Basically, um, they have all these people within their organization that do language evaluation. So if you want to work for the Bank of Canada or you want to work in the federal government, you have to know French and English. So you, they actually have to, you, you actually have to do a test with them. Um, and every organization in the public sector across the world does this, whether it's Spanish or Portuguese or whatnot. So they came to me and they said, can you do this, not having a human involved, but do language evaluation? I actually said no, because like, I literally sent them an email saying, here's all the other people that are trying to be in the space, but we can't do this because it's too difficult of a problem. Yeah. Um, so they, I, they said, okay. Subsequently, because there's so much activity here in the AIE ecosystem, um, I got connected with, uh, with, with one of my now team members. Uh, we had a call and he said, hey, you know, I got, I got this team. We're looking at some cool problems around the um, artificial intelligence and language space. Um, like, are you guys working on anything? I'm like, not, not really, but there's this project that I have that I might, you know, that if, you know, this the client came to me with a problem, uh, do you want to work on it? And he said, yeah. And then, you know, we started working on it. You know, we pulled the team together. And uh, yeah, we're like really close to solving this like really tricky problem that nobody has really solved. And um, yeah, so, 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 so to me, like we're going to be commercializing a product. We're going to be scaling it out. I, it, to me, it's a global it's a global play because we're working with other, uh, you know, we're going to be expanding to different languages. And um, yeah, I, I think it's really exciting. I think um, to me, I want to do something that I'm passionate about. So the, the the voice space, the AI space, plus doing something global, yeah. that is passion to me, right? It's not as sexy as starting like a new like uh, you know uh, head, head headphone uh, company, right? Yeah. Um, but that's a very competitive space. This space has no competitors. Yeah. So to me, it's really exciting. And um, somebody who works with organizational disruption and like it just makes sense for me to do something like this. It's amazing. Yeah. So just to make sure we're on the same page, this language creation process that you're creating yeah. for certain companies or, 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 or uh, technology projects, could you do something along the lines where, let's just say, for instance, uh, Telus, for example, is involved with uh, creating a fall detection device. Yeah. And they realize right now, and in its uh, beginning stages of going out there, it's in English and it's in French, right? And let's just say they have a huge market to tap into in BC and Alberta. And they realize it and they understand it's going to come, hopefully, in the soon future as opposed to the late, is having like the moment someone falls and the monitor gets on the phone, they're Punjabi speaking or they're Hindi speaking. Or, or anything yeah. along the lines of those, would you feel like you're right in that space? Where you know, you can it, provide it, that. I just want to make sure if it's not the same yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's um it's it's not the problem that we're solving. However, it's it's a problem that we need. Like in order to get there, we need to solve this problem around evaluation and how to how to um, evaluate somebody's language proficiency. Then I think we get to that. That yeah. that, that is like, like next, next level. level. Yeah, that's like next level. Yeah. And, you know, some people are dabbling in that, but doing it very well. Yeah. They just haven't done it yet. I mean, ideally, you might be in a situation where, you know, the, the most ideal situation is that I'm in Portugal, and like now we can seamlessly talk to each other. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, I'm in, I'm speaking English, somebody's speaking me Portuguese, and we can completely 100% understand each other. At some point, that's going to happen. That's cool. Yeah. And but you need, like I said, you, like innovation is all about building things. Yeah. on top of each other, right? It's you amazing. need some sort of base infrastructure. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to build some of that. And then, yeah. you know, hopefully we can get more into the language space. There's there's other things that we have in our pro product roadmap that are pretty exciting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's what we're doing. That's incredible. Yeah. It is cool. So how does, I'm curious, because 
obviously this is your full-time gig. How does speaking play a part into this? And where did speaking actually come into play? Yeah, yeah. So speaking was, um, you know, you know, for me, playing in the innovation space, I was working with a lot of organizations in the innovation space. A lot of people want to hear about what we were doing in the space. So um, it started, you know, it started where, you know, I had a bunch of clients that were, you know, they wanted to hear about the work that we were doing. You know, it spanned out to, you know, um, to conferences because there's clients there that were at conferences that they wanted to hear about what was happening in the innovation space. So it really started internally. There was some stuff that I did publicly. Um, 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 you know, I did like, uh, you know, I, I recorded my own, like we did some Deloitte. At Deloitte, there were some presentations. I recorded them. And then, um, you know, I got a keynote. It, it was all linear. Like you get another, you get one presentation, then somebody's like, oh, that guy's great. Like, oh, then you get another, then you get another. To me, um, and it really only started like three, I want to say maybe three years ago. Like I, I've always was speaking and doing talks, but it didn't really pop until about two, three years ago. And then it, it went like a rocket ship because um, I knew very early on, I don't know why, but that I needed to record it. I mean, this is what you guys are doing. Yeah. That, that I was putting all this effort into creating all this amazing content and then it's just going to disappear. I'm just going to do this talk and it's going to disappear. I'm like, no, I need to record this yeah. so I can put it up. And, and so most of my talks are, if I can, if there's no client confidentiality, are recorded. And so what started happening was I started posting those videos on, on mostly on LinkedIn and, and, and uh, in other places, you know, YouTube, Facebook. I have my own Facebook uh, page, and you know it started to grow, right? People wanted to hear about what disruption meant, right? Mm -hmm. People didn't know what that meant, so I, I was in a very niche space around disruption, and then you know people just wanted to hear about it, and the video really amplified it. Um, so, so I built my speaking career on top of what you guys are doing right now, which is video, um, and um, that's how it kind of grew, yeah. and um, you know in in terms of the the skill set of speaking, uh, you know, I had a little bit of an advantage because I was in consulting. In consulting, your job, it, like for like the years that I was there, is every day you get punched in the face because you're trying to convince somebody to or influence or convince or uh, engage with, with groups of people in order to take a certain path, right? So you're constantly in front of people in workshops, in interviews, in presentations, trying to sort of do that. Mm -hmm. And so you have a lot of, then I had a lot of practice, a lot of reps doing it. And then plus the presentation, plus the, I had a little bit of like, my, my friends and I would create a film group. So, you know, we would be comfortable in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. Like it's very comfortable to me uh, to be in front of the camera. Uh, also, I developed, you know, my editing skills. Um, through there um, and, and, and learning a little bit about shoot. I don't shoot any of my stuff, yeah. but I will odd, the odd time edit my own stuff. Nice. And so that, that's been a really big game changer for me. So all these things that I've combined throughout my career has really, really, really like catapulted me in my speaking career. And like now I'm one of the most book speakers in Canada awesome. and hopefully, yeah. you know, in, 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 you know, North America that's and, amazing. you know, yeah, and, and I'm still building it up, yeah. but um, it, yeah, it's been, it's been wild. Yeah. And, and when you're speaking, for, for those who maybe don't know, um, what is what is the overall mission that you have, like the, the message that you're trying to bring across in, in a short synopsis that you can share with us? Like, is, is it relatively the same to every single booked 
uh, conference you're at. It's always yeah. diff- there's always different because it's always tailored to the particular industry. Yeah. I mean, there there are stories that resonate, you know, with with you know the same clients, right? There's one story that might resonate with others. I'm always coming up with new stuff. To me, to be honest, at the end of the day, my experience around innovation has always been around experimentation. So when I when I get people to leave my presentation. The, the ahas are like, okay, so how do we go off experiment? How do we d- design experiments with our organization? Um, how do we fund it? How do we organize it? Um, and so, you know, there's stories about disruption. There's stories about how do you deal with disruption. And then at the end of the day, like, what are those sort of things that you can do to, to really deal with it? One thing is around experimentation and, and teach people how to do that. Yeah. I'm, I actually don't sell anything. I'm not there to pitch them something. Yeah. I'm not there to sell a fucking book or an ebook yeah. or like a... Or like my company, I don't mention any of that. Yeah, I I'm there to put on a show. I'm there to teach them something and make that make it surprising and insightful and informative, so awesome. that they go off saying, "Wow, that was a wicked presentation." I actually like learned something in it. And and my like the the biggest treat that I have is that like six months later, somebody comes up to me and says, "Yo, like I came to your presentation. Uh, we took one of your ideas and then we did something with it." Like to me, that's everything. Yeah, like if I get one person in the audience to go off and do something, that's that's like uh, you know, and they can make a million bucks off that. Yeah, like yeah. it's worth the the, the, the price of admission awesome. to that. Yeah, I actually remember one of your, uh, well, actually most most of your speeches have been memorable because you do something unique. But uh, I remember when you did hosted the Oscars. Oh, okay, yeah. Did you I come there? there? Okay, I was there, and I saw. Okay, you and that's very different from because like you were interacting yeah. with the screen, so they were. In, you like that was completely different the way you guys like went through the whole thing i was like man this is awesome like it's completely different you know it's funny because like that is and that is also like i we i never uh i never do that because it's not um you know we did it for the moscas because you know we have a history with the moscas so we we um we uh yeah, we, we were emceeing or we were doing something goofy. Yeah. You know, most of the time I'm like, you know, I'm the keynote, so I'm like the yeah. business guy delivering something. But yeah, I mean, I love doing things like that. Yeah. Um, one of my best buds, Zishan, uh, you know, we love just coming up with like comedic bits. That's and, you know, part of what I do is, is, um, is th- there is comedic elements to what I do. Nice. So, and, 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 so you keep have to understand, real. yeah, you have to keep it real and, yeah. and just from a timing perspective. But what we did there... You, I mean, you, yeah. I mean, people are not going to get it. But 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 what we did was we pulled up somebody's phone, and then we we were able to see their phone and interact with their phone That's on the cool. screen. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I appreciate that. No, no, it was yeah. great. I mean, I because I, I went. I think you you had spoken at either it was at at, at at TED Talks or or somewhere. Yeah. And me and Roger actually in the. Okay. In the audience. Oh, that's sweet. And he's like, "Oh, my right. buddy Sean, my buddy Sean's coming up." I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool." And most of the day was pretty. There were probably like maybe one, one guy who was from the army, who was a marine. Wow. That was a really good speech. But the rest were they were good. And then when you came on, the energy was just Big boom. Yeah. Like I woke up. And I was you disrupted like, the whole room. Literally, <laughs> and I was like, man, because I, I remember that. I still remember your speech on both. Yeah, and I remember meeting you that day. Now, yes, oh, I remember wow. meeting you that yeah. day. Now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know that TEDx experience was like actually. It was, uh, I wish I could have it back. 
Yeah? Because uh, it wasn't my greatest... It, they, they actually... The way that I got that, they actually called me the month before. Usually with a TEDx, they usually call you like... Like mo- like months and months for yeah, preparation. Yeah. They called me the month before because somebody dropped out. So I, I like I was like the ringer that came in, and um, just like my mic dropped out, the slides didn't work. It was just like a whole thing. I wish I could have it back. Yeah. But you know that TEDx was also very important for my speaking career. In a very, um, it, it, it it was the most important in the unusual, most unusual way possible. Wow. Um, I thought that when I had a TEDx. I'm like, oh, amazing. I'm going to have like thousands of people watch this. Mama, <laughs> made it. It's, it's going to be great. Yeah. TED Talk, baby. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's going to go. It's going to fuel my speaking career. Um, so I was waiting for it to drop. I was waiting for, for it to drop. So, uh, it, and I knew it wasn't great, but I, I wanted to see how it was, right? And I knew the audience was good. Like they, they were vibing with it. And, and like, so it was decent. So the video drops. I'm like, it dropped. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's gonna out. pop. It's gonna pop. Yeah. It's gonna pop. Everyone's gonna watch this. Everybody's gonna watch this. It's gonna go like gang, yeah. gangbusters, crickets, like nothing, no views, nothing. I mean, it was not well that well produced, but it was not a, also a, not a great talk. Um, it, I mean, it, I mean, for a consumer, I mean, me, I thought it was really in the good. audience. It was a good talk, but if you yeah. watch it on video, mm. because they cut out some of the, it, it didn't actually make sense. Because just to make sure, sorry to cut you off, Sean, is this the one where you talk about what you wish to tell your child? Yeah, 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 yeah that's the one. Yeah. Anyways, it's it's it's, it's an okay talk, okay. and it was crickets. And um, what it actually taught me that moment was like, why am I waiting for something to happen? And I expect something magnificent to happen out of this. And now I pump out video all the time. Like I pump out video every week. And I'm never, now I'm never like, this video is gonna pop. Yeah. This yeah. music, this is going to make like, there's thousands of people are gonna watch this. I never do that. Yeah. And I just keep on pumping. Yeah. Because you never know what's gonna pop. You never know what's gonna resonate. And that moment was like, I'm never waiting for, for, for and, and hoping and praying that something is going to happen, it's gonna pop, because 99% of the time, it will do nothing for you. Yeah. Like, you, people are like, uh, oh man, I wish I, once I get on Jimmy Fallon, I'm gonna, this is it, I'm going, this is it. I bet, it, it, yeah. I bet those moments that you wait for, that you cherish, you, you just, they're not gonna do anything for you. So the, for me, it's always been about like, let's, I'm just gonna pump out consistent content all the time, if it pops, great. If it doesn't, great. Like, I'm just going to do things that I love and I'm passionate about and not waiting for that one moment because then you'll get, you will get hung on that moment. Yeah. And then you'll get paralyzed. You're like, oh, man, it didn't happen. I got to stop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. People, people, this is why people put, they, they do one podcast. They put up one podcast. They put up one video. Like, oh, man, no one watched it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course no one watched it. Yeah. You gotta put in six years. Yeah. Then yeah. somebody's gonna watch yeah. it. You know, we didn't drop, we didn't launch the podcast until we had ten episodes fully recorded, edited, and we got into the groove of things. And I told these guys, I was like, Don't even expect anything to happen. Yeah. Like don't even don't don't even the next two years, don't even expect anyone to watch this. Yeah. We just have to do what we need to do. Yeah. And that's what's gonna keep us loving it. That's what's going to make us realize why we did it in the first place. We didn't sit ourselves yeah. down and go, dude, we're going to make a podcast and, and we're going to make millions and <laughs> we're going to be like right there, right next yeah. to like Bradley Cooper. Like, no, 
You know, like, yes, we understand there's far-fetched long-term goals, but before we even think about that, what do we want to get done tomorrow, right? Yeah. What, what, what do we hope to get done in a month? And it's like, okay, well, we got to make some damn podcasts. Okay, so yeah. we did 10 and we realized we loved it. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, well, let's just do it for the love of it. And yeah. then along the way, you know, you build that traction, you build that momentum. Exactly. And then it starts, you start to realize you're onto something. Exactly. Right? And I'm sure with you, Sean, same thing, right? Maybe along the way, uh, a friend here, you know, uh, you know, crossed paths with you and you guys went separate ways. Or, or maybe uh, there was someone who you looked up to and then you guys just went separate ways in, in that regard. Same thing with us. At first, we didn't think it would just be him and I, right? And then when it came down to that, Omen and I looked at each other. We didn't even hesitate. Yeah. We said, let's keep going. We'll figure it out. You know, we both love this. And it's it's the love that's going to fuel this. Well, what's going to be remarkable because, and, and it, this has never been done, you know, in it's only been done in the social media era, is that you're actually documenting your journey live, right? That's crazy. You're, you're, you're documenting, yeah. you know, your growth live. This is my same, diary. Yeah. <laughs> same thing with me and, and my speaking. Like I just met with somebody um, this um, earlier this week. He was also a great guy from Deloitte. He started... Um, uh, uh, pressed uh, sandwiches. He's got a company called Love oh, Pizza. Sweet. Yeah, so he, oh, wow. he so he he's yeah. been he's been super successful here in Edmonton, um, and he's a killer. He's gonna he's gonna crush the entire restaurant ecosystem. Um, but he's like talking. You know, we were both saying like, you know, we we saw each other's journey. Like he's he saw my journey, right? He's like, oh shit, I saw you speaking to nobody. Wow. Yeah. To now you're doing all these keynotes, right? Yeah. Like so, it's like you, you're documenting all along the way, and people yeah. can see it. It's transparent. It's so what I love what you guys are doing, especially yeah. on IG, is that you know you're gonna have me on the podcast yeah. like twenty in 2019, yeah. and now and then you know in 2025 you're gonna have like dude, that's the thing. It's not even. It's that. gonna be it's crazy. When it's, when it's 2025, and you do have that best-selling book that you're yeah. putting everywhere, and yeah. then yeah. then we go Throwback Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. it, it's it's a mix of both. Yeah. No, right? like, respect. And, listen, and, and 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 part of the reason why I want to come on this podcast is because you guys are doing some amazing things, right? I can see the pot. I, I get asked to do a lot of podcasts. I, I'm not gonna toot my own horn, but I do. And most oh. of them, I, I I'm kind of like, I, 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 yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm I want to see what's I want to see how they do it. I want to see you know their audience. I want to see. Um, you know, their, their, their vibe, their energy around it. What you guys are doing is different. It is different. Thank you. You, Thank you know that. It's yeah. different and um, you guys are going to win because it's different. And um, that's why I did it. And you guys are, you know, you're, you're of the culture. Yeah. And I wanted to also like take something from you that's cool. so that I could, uh, you know, yeah, it's, like, it's a, an exchange. Absolutely. Like, I love how you made it like that. 100%. Right? 100%. You know what? We'll... Uh, We'll ask you one more question yeah, get to our elevator round, which is just quick sh- uh, fire shock yeah, questions yeah, that yeah. like maybe any genuine person would want to know about you. Um, one thing I was personally really curious about, and I, I told Omid too that we have to ask you is, being such a, a content-driven person yourself and being someone who is, I believe, you, who is a producer, right? You produce content. Yeah. You, you produce stuff out there. I want to know what your balance looks like personally of consumption and production, especially for you when... If you could allocate a percentage around, okay, how much do I consume and how much do I produce in terms of uh, education or just in terms of really anything? 
and, and what you think is a healthy balance that everyone should have. Yeah. Especially when, like, you're that, you know, that millennial who's like, oh, man, I'm going to grind. You know, going to work the 15 hours and, and trying to figure out, like, no, like, you know, enjoy your life. You need a healthy balance. Yeah. Go to bed at night on time. Wake up the next day. You can wait. And then consume stuff. You know, yeah. watch that favorite TV show or, or watch those YouTube videos and then get back to it. So you can kind of be able to get that um, creativity back. Or for me anyway, when my dad would keep me waiting for an hour after the school bell rang, and he's like, son, just five minutes. <laughs> and then five minutes turned into an hour, and I had to, I had to tap into my imagination. Because yeah. there wasn't no phone in that day. But again, it's that like consumption versus production. And, and I want to know from your end what that looks like. So, you know, I, I wish I could give like a really like, like inspiring answer. But, um, you know, to me, uh, consumption is actually very important. Uh, to, to me, like I'm, I'm, I'm talking about innovation. I'm in the innovation ecosystem. Innovation is not just about technology. It's about media. It's about sports. It's about entertainment. It's about culture. It's about politics. It's about economics. It's about everything. If you want to be um, in the innovation ecosystem, you have to have a pulse of what the culture is in, in, all, in, in all realms. And so for me, like, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I'm always consuming content. Um, I'm, I'm reading things. Um, I'm, I'm looking up things. You know, I you know, go to websites, but then I like discover new podcasts. Audio is a big thing for me. Like I'm always consuming audio. Um, I have like 50 podcasts on the go, Audible. Um, yeah, I'm always consuming things. I'm always learning. I love learning, right? To me, like audio is the best form of learning because you're you're constantly just like just getting hit, right? Um, to, you know, a lot of people say, a lot of people say you are like the five people yeah, you surround yourself, you surround yourself with. Yeah. In this, it, I really believe in this era, like you are actually because of podcasts and videos, you can actually surround yourself with the best chefs, like astronauts, True. scientists, researchers, entrepreneurs, creatives on the planet. It's pretty I'm surrounding myself with the Tim Ferriss, the Howard Stearns, the, 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 the Neil Patels, like, the, the, like just like um, the, 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 the pioneers in their, in their own realms, seeing what they're thinking about or hearing what they're thinking about because of podcasts and all that. It's an amazing time to be alive because now I don't have to just rely on just the people that I have relationships with, uh, my friends, but I'm, I'm surrounding myself with all these people. So I, I, I look at it a different way. I probably consume a little bit more than I should. The production side is very important to me. So like my platform is most, like I post everywhere, but mostly just LinkedIn. Like I, I, Instagram, I haven't really, like for me it's been, it's been a tussle for me because it's yeah. been mostly for my friends. Yeah. And I don't, know if they're, I don't know if they're personal. as interested in my, in my business stuff. Yeah. I have my own Facebook page which I post to, I have Twitter. But LinkedIn has really been my thing and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not gaming it. I'm, there's a lot of people who game it. I'm not, I'm just posting content, nice. video, one video every week um, and just, just posting content. And so, you know, that is very important to me. So I, with whatever I have going on during the week, I know I'm like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta pump a video out this week. Yeah. And um, yeah. and uh, yeah. So that 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 that's now ingrained in me. Yeah. Because like last I year, yeah, last year I was like, okay, every week gotta do it. Now I'm like, every week I gotta do it. So so um, you know, production. I probably should be producing more, 
and maybe consuming less. So I'm probably not the best person to yeah. to give you the best answer. But no, of course, yeah. well, that's a great answer. Thank you for that. A good mix of both. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, all right, so now, you know what, Sean, before we get to the quick fire round, yeah. it'll be nice and quick. I just want to take the time, man, to, to just recognize how much wealth of information you know about, not, not even just technology and the advancements of it, it's, it's really just, you do such a good job of, of mixing in your personality with yeah. what you know as what you're an expert in. And I personally love that because myself along the way, I've been told, you know, can he bring it down a notch? And, and, and for you to see... To see how damn successful you are and yeah. you fuel your personality in what you do. Like, Sean, you're somebody who is traveling around North America right now who's up there on stage yeah. speaking about something that truly business owners and, and just anybody in general should know about to keep up with the times. It's really cool to see. Well, I I appreciate that. And, and, you know, when I do my talks, you know, that's the one thing that people always tell me is like, I love how you infuse your yeah. your own personal stories and your own you know I include my wife and my daughter and like you know my, my own stories I mean at the end of the day like pe- people want to they want to know they want to they want to like you they want to trust you so you need to open up you need to be vulnerable and, and you know that's just yeah that's who I am exactly that's awesome man well here's what we're going to do we're going to get into the next stage okay. nice and fast we're uh, calling this pretty much the segment where uh, we elevate and we appreciate um, you being on the second floor, and we're gonna see how you define that. All right. So it's just a little quick fire question. Yeah. Go ahead and answer. You take your time, and we're gonna start off with question number one. Pretty much one hundred in this interview. Um, going into it here, question number one. In Sean's case, how do you define being on the second floor? And and that's very much so metaphorically, not actually on the yeah. podcast. Um, what what does being on the second floor look like in life? You know, when you're taking that next step up and you're elevating. You know what? Uh, second floor to me is like is is um, actually just looking at the second floor because you're always on the steps, you're always on the treadmill, and second floor is just like that's like that's like when you make it, that's when you get it. Um, but the the magic actually happens on the steps when you're up on the second when you're getting to the second floor. So. Um, uh, I'm just happy that I made it to the second floor today, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. But the second floor is like, you, you know, you, you want to get there, you're, you're looking at it, but you should also appreciate the steps along the way. Of course. I love that. Great answer. Going uh, not too much in depth with what your daily routine looks like, but maybe just provide us a little synopsis. What does the, the day-to-day routine look like, a typical day in uh, Sean? Yeah, I, know you, uh, you, you, I, I knew you were going to ask this because you, you, uh, you asked some other guys this too. You know, for me, um, I'm the, I need some advice from you guys because I'm the worst at this. Um, you know, my day is, is all over the place. You know, I'm usually traveling. Like, I'm usually on a plane. I'm usually in another city. Um, I mean, I'm pretty lame when I'm traveling. Like, I don't... I don't really, I, like I have friends in, in all these different cities, but I usually don't, I usually don't go to see them. I'm, I'm usually like prepping yeah. in my hotel room or working or like, you know, connecting with the people that I'm, uh, you know, my client that I'm working with. I'm pretty lame. You know, at home, you know, it's pretty basic. Like my, my daughter wakes me up and, um, you know, I get her ready for school. I get, I go to the office, we'll have meetings, come back, like, I'll, like today, like, Came back home and you know tr- picked up a couple groceries, made dinner. Um, my wife's, my wife's pregnant right now, so she's she's near term. So you know just trying to do as much as I can for her and 
and um, you know get my daughter ready for bed. So a lot of it is like right now, like around my daughter, and then you know when everybody's go goes to sleep. This is why I was like, I need to do this podcast late because my daughter, you know, I just need to put my daughter to bed, mm-hmm. and uh, and my daughter and my wife's in bed. So that's when you know some of the magic happens, right? Like at night. Um, that's where the yeah, that's where the writing happens. That's where a lot of the emails happen. Um, so I'm actually, it's really bad. Like I, I go, I probably go to bed, you know, maybe like twelve, one o'clock, and yeah. um, my daughter will wake up about six, seven o'clock. Oh, so that yeah. that's usually Sometimes. the yeah. Mm-hmm. I know Raj was saying that he uh, he watches like. Dumbass. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Remember that part? It's just like stupid yeah. TV shows. Like just something that just makes his brain not thinking yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm like, I love that. But I have the, I have the, I have the advantage of like when I'm out, like when I'm sleeping, I'm out. Yeah. Like I, so. <laughs> no, that's neat. See, it's so neat to get that perspective. Yeah. Right? Next question. If you could go back to, to telling your 23-year-old self or whatever have you, 20, 25, between that category of like, you know, there's so much coming at you at once, with what you know now, what would you tell, you know, 23-year-old Sean? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, the 23-year-old Sean um, is exactly what, you know, these guys are doing today, is, is, is doing things that they're passionate about, like working late hours, loving what they're doing. Um, uh, just experimenting with new ways of doing things, connecting with people that you know you wouldn't connect with. Um, uh, it's it's really pushing yourself out of the comfort zone, and um, yeah, I think you guys are a really great sort of example of that. It's just just doing things that you love and and like doing it like late at night. You know, the beauty of being twenty three years old, you don't have, you probably living at home, you probably don't have a mortgage, you probably don't have a kid. You probably don't have a lot of the things that you know burden a lot of you know older people, and I really think that that is the time to just try as many things as you can and, and to push. I love that. It's a great answer. Yeah. Final two questions. Yeah. Who is your biggest inspiration? And this could be someone in your personal life, or this could be somebody who you just aspire to. You've read every book about them. Yeah. You've done everything you could to just just dissect their life and then they're just your hero. Who is your inspiration and why? You know, it's um there there there's not somebody that I that I that I want to you know, I want their life. I look at them all every single day and, and I've read all their books. There's certain people that I admire. Um, um to me, um, you know, my, my wife is my biggest inspiration. She's my biggest uh, rock. Like, man, she's been with me for, <clears throat> you know, like 15 years. And she literally is my competitive advantage. Like, for me to do all the things that I'm able to do, to travel, to, to, um, to like, spend all those nights, to, you know, um, you know, have the failures that I've had. Like, you need somebody strong by your side. Yeah. And that's not that's not very easy to get somebody who's completely understanding of your schedule of what you want in life, um, your ambitions. So you know she's not only my wife and you know and you know the mother of my children, but she's like a business partner, right? And she, I'm always talking to her, and um, you know she's always doing a whole bunch of things that all day long, and she's she's really pushing too. So you know she inspires me, and she's like my competitive advantage, I'd say.
I love that. That's awesome. She's yeah. gonna be very happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. 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 She's gonna be like, you better squeeze in some sort of shout out. Well, like, before, I was coming, before I was coming here, like this this week was kind of like um, I because I'm not in town like the whole week. This is the one week that I'm like in town for the whole week. So I also try to get in things like while I'm here for the whole week. So like over the last couple nights, like as I put you know the kids to bed and uh, my daughter to bed and my my wife is sleeping like. Like Monday, I met with my lawyer. Tuesday, uh, last night, I um, we were doing something. We were recording all these like French uh, recordings with my with my film filmmaker. Like I'm doing all these things at night. So tonight, I was like, like I'm gonna do this podcast. She's like, you gone again for another night? Oh, I'm like, uh, I'm like, um, no. When you see this podcast, you'll yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll love it. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Final question, Sean, for you. You know, you talk a lot about, and you're an expert about disrupting innovation and, and looking into advancing technologies and and just being able to own that space and let's kind of take a step back and then let's look at yourself let's 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 disrupt you as a person and let's really see what your future looks like and i want to ask you in the, you know let's say by 2025 or even in five years from now where do you see yourself um and it, it could be very diverse it doesn't have to be just career-based but it could be with everything else going on in your life where do you want to be in that time frame? Yeah. Especially with how much technology is going to be advanced by that point too. Yeah. What you're doing as a business owner. Yeah. I mean, 2025, um, mm-hmm. you know, to me, I think it's it's just continuing to do things that I love and I'm passionate about. I, you know, I, ha- I, I, I do have my own goals. Um, you know, I, I do really want to build a company that is meaningful to me, that has a global um, impact. That's really important to me. Um, and just like continuously doing something that I'm I, that I really love and I'm passionate about, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that at 2025, like I can just continue to build things, and not only for myself but now for others, uh, where we're actually building something that uh, you know people want to work for, or they're excited to tell others that they're working for. You know, to me that is it doesn't it's not necessarily a I don't have to build the biggest company on the planet. That's not important to me. Building a company that um, people want to work at and are, that, that they're passionate about working at, that's important to me. So I'm hoping by, by 2025 that happens. And I'm hoping by 2025 I'm back on the podcast. Yeah, we, yes, do <laughs> we do a throwback. We do a throwback Thursday. And, uh, you know, we drop some, like, you know, some some knowledge bombs from here, exactly. there, and um, I'm gonna have more of an uncle body. <laughs> this uncle guy, body. he's gonna be bitter. Yeah, he's got <laughs> like a big yeah, yeah. set. Right. He's gonna go really, really left. Yeah, really, really right. Oh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. But uh, no, listen, this if you have if you if you if you made it this far in the podcast, I'm sure the majority will. Listen, if you made it this far in the podcast, subscribe on iTunes and on YouTube and wherever. Follow these guys on their handles. Where can they follow you guys? Yes, thank you, Sean. Uh, Omid knows best. Yeah, I mean, we're going to plug these in right right over here. So Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know what, guys? You can find us right over on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on the Apple Podcast. You can find us on pretty much every streaming Literally every platform stream. that's on every stream. on the Second Floor Podcast. Except for Twitter. Yeah, we're, we're working on it, right? And LinkedIn, where you're only in the space. Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what? I want you guys to listen to this whole podcast. If you made it again, thank you. Sean here has given us a wealth of information. So I want to thank you, man, for your time. No, thank yeah, you guys. Awesome. Thanks for coming out. 
Um, yeah. Biggest thing I want everyone to uh, understand is if you want to find Sean doing what he does great at, you could find him at Sean Canungo uh, on LinkedIn, as he mentioned. That is the space yep. that you're on uh, for the most part. If you want to, you know, fiddle away and see what he's doing up uh, with his personal life, you could catch him on Instagram. Instagram handle? Yeah, just at Sean Canungo. I'm at Sean Canungo everywhere. At Sean Canungo at Twitter. Facebook, Twitter, uh, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, there you go. LinkedIn. But LinkedIn is usually my platform. Maybe six years you'll create a new social media application. Nah, I don't think so, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, thank you so much, man. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so that much. Awesome, I appreciate brother. it. Thanks, that was great. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. That's a wrap, guys. Thank you for tuning Second in. Second floor, that's a wrap. 20th episode. That was awesome.